0: Hey everyone, me, Kevin here. In this video, we're going to talk about the housing market. I haven't done a housing market update in a while, and y'all know real estate is my favorite pastime. I've got over $20 million in real estate personally invested, so I got a lot riding on what happens in the real estate market. I've also got amazing programs on building your wealth through real estate investing, finding deals below market value, and professional property management advice so that you can save lots of money renovating homes and even have partnerships with Lowe's. So check that out. Link down below so you get special discounts there. Pays for the program pretty much. Anyway, check that out. Link down below. Let's now talk about the housing market. Okay, so a few things we got to talk about. All right, so housing headwinds. We want to talk about positives and negatives and and how these things might affect the market. So first of all, there's a lot of doom and gloom about the repo market, about how, oh, once mortgage forbearance is up, everybody's going to get foreclosed on. Look, I called this nonsense during the pandemic because, quite frankly, it is nonsense. Most people going through mortgage forbearance aren't getting foreclosed on afterwards. They're adding to the loan. They're they're forbeared money, basically, to the back of their loan. And potentially, they're even refinancing from 30-year fixed rate debt to 40-year fixed rate debt, effectively lowering their monthly payment. It's kind of like having, a uh, let's say, a seven-year car loan versus a three-year car loan. Your payment's a lot less, right? Sam, you pay more interest over the life of the loan, but your payment goes down. So really, we're not expecting like a boom in foreclosures from the pandemic. And quite frankly, the data is showing that. Right now, we've had uh, 23,203 uh, foreclosure starts in January. Those don't necessarily mean that they will translate into foreclosures, but those have started the legal proceedings. Oftentimes, when people see foreclosure, they start paying their mortgage. So this doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get this kind of inventory on the market. But uh, this is this seems like it's up a lot. In fact, a lot of the sort of fear mongers like to say, "Oh my gosh, foreclosure starts are at 23,000. They're up from 10,000. Foreclosure starts have doubled since you know." And then they'll pick some date during the pandemic like June or July 2020, when we had foreclosure bans, right? I mean, you could say, oh my gosh, we're up 400% from certain periods of time during the pandemic. But this is stupid. We should be comparing to before the pandemic. And we actually have 50% fewer foreclosure starts today in this January of 2022 than we had in 2020. So way, way fewer repos. now we are starting to see some headwinds for housing starts a lot of this in my opinion has to do with lumber so uh, for example the canadian housing market had uh housing starts fall about three percent in december and uh, we have a lot of numbers coming out this friday in the United States, we're expecting uh, housing starts to actually fall as much as 7.2% in January in the United States and existing home sales to come in 1.3% on a month over month decline. We're expecting this decline here. So existing home sales likely to decline this Friday and uh, housing starts expected to decline quite a bit. Part of this has to do with the fact that lumber has been skyrocketing. Uh, we just saw lumber skyrocket 10% in just the last two weeks alone as CNBC recently Released an article today talking about how this is adding about nineteen thousand dollars to the cost of a home, which keep in mind the median home price in America is about three hundred fifty thousand dollars. So that's a that's a pretty pretty penny there. I mean that's that's a big part of the profit margin for a lot of these companies. And lumber prices have just gone to the moon. Uh, so so the, here are some things to consider. Here's some other things to consider over here, though, is that uh, right now we have 11.3% fewer listings year over year, which when you have less inventory, it uh, well, less supply means more demand, right? The prices actually get driven up. So even though we're seeing a little bit of a slowdown in new builds, we're not seeing new inventory from foreclosures. And we're actually sell- We're listing fewer homes compared to 2021. So in other words, that's supportive to home prices still going up. I mean, less inventory. It's more expensive to build homes. It's gotten so expensive to build homes, we're actually building less of them. So less inventory. Again, less inventory actually coming on the market. Uh, and, And so, of course, prices are right now trending nowhere but up. Uh, We've also, we're, we're flat on the pending sales territory, which means we haven't seen pending sales fall because of prices going up. This would mean, well, if we saw pending sales fall, it would mean that buyers are starting to say, you know what, it's getting too pricey to buy. We can't keep buying. You start seeing pending sales fall, that's a little bit of a red flag of a market starting to cool. Now, uh, we did have 8.9% fewer sales in January, though. That is uh, also just like this, flat pending sales here. This is a little bit of a sign of potentially a little bit of relaxation from buyers, but it could be because our supply is lower. And that's a little bit of a problem because not only is our supply lower, but prices are up about almost 14% year over year. So we're not seeing much movement in pending sales coming down. Prices is up 14%. As a result, we've had about 9% fewer sales and we're listing fewer properties. And all of this together, this entire little section here together, along with less repos and less starts and higher lumber prices, all of this means, bottom line, less supply. And the assumption here is that this is going to increase prices. But there is a problem. And we're always going to talk about problems, okay? <sighs> what makes prices go down? Well, mortgage rates. So when mortgage rates go up, they put downward pressure on prices. And we've got a little bit of an issue here. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the brown here. The brown shows us what's happened with mortgage rates just since December 31st. We've gone from a 30-year fixed at about 2.8 to a 30-year fixed at 3.9%. And we don't expect this pace to slow down. This has already slowed down the number of people refinancing homes. Less refinances uh, might potentially lead some folks to sell, but we don't really have a good correlation there. Less refinances usually just means people have less cash to buy other things like potentially rental properties, which could help reduce some of the crazy demand we've seen, but it could also mean people just have less money to spend on boats or cars or clothing or uh, on stocks. So we're seeing refinances decline, and this makes sense. There might be a brief surge of refinances as some remaining people were like, crap, I forgot to refinance at 2.8 let me quickly refinance at 3.9 before we go up to 5%. That could happen. So there could be a little brief surge in refinances. But like I mentioned here, we're already seeing mortgage applications fall about 8.1%. So this is going to give us, even though we've still got this tight supply, this is potentially going to lower our buyer pool. So potentially fewer buyers here as these mortgage applications are declining, which makes sense because rates are going up. When rates go up, fewer people can afford to buy now you do still have a lot of buyers in the process in fact as some buyers who are pre-approved right now are saying you know what i need to hurry up and get in before rates go up even more and this makes a lot of sense so in the longer term i'm going to put lt here longer term you're going to see less buyers but actually in the short term you're going to see more buyers so you're going to have this really weird thing happen in the short term I expect to see more buyers with less supply, so higher prices. So prices in the short term, because of these things, probably up. Like if somebody's wanting to sell a house now, they could probably still do quite well. Uh, In the longer term, if we get less buyers, well, then we get a question mark. What do prices do? Well, it depends. Less buyers, but still increasingly less supply. Maybe those balance each other out. But let's talk a little bit about rate trajectory. So, for us to try to figure out where rates could go, we got to look back at this chart and try to overlay it to what happened in 2018. In 2018, the 10-year treasury went from 1.5% all the way up to about 3%. Right now, the 10-year treasury sits right here. And mortgage rates, 30-year mortgage rates, tend to trend with uh, the 10-year treasury. So, if we assume that we follow the same pattern of what happened in 2018. And the 10-year Treasury rate goes from 2%, which remember, it was just 1.5% December 31st. it's skyrocketed to 2.04% today. And if this goes all the way to 3%, then we could reasonably expect mortgage rates to go to about 5%. This is what happened in 2018. Now, what implication did this have on pricing? Remember in 2018, we didn't have high inflation. We didn't have recessionary fears. Right now, markets are pricing in the potential for a 50% chance of recession over the next year. That's quite substantial. We didn't actually have those fears in 2018. uh, And we had rates rising in a non-inflationary time. Inflation was like 1.5%, no big deal. It was just a matter of trying to get back to a normal policy stance. Now, if we looked at 2018 as the most recent example of hikes in the 10-year treasury, when we last went to about a 3% 10-year treasury, we know that mortgage rates ran to about 5%. Got it. So what did that do in the real estate market? Well, in the very, very short term, in the span of two months, real estate prices lost about 12% from their peak in about two months. But that was very, very, very short term. That was for about 6 to 10 weeks. And then we started seeing a rebound. So this was actually really neat. Because by the end of 2018, real estate prices ended up 3%. So even though we went through this this maddening rise in interest rates, there was still so much demand and enthusiasm and euphoria for real estate. The real estate still ended the year up 3%. And we did actually start seeing rates normalize closer to 4.25% to 4.5 percent now why is it that you could see such a dramatic move in real estate prices well because of a rule of 10x see when interest rates go up about one percent we expect that purchasing power tends to go down about ten percent so for every one percentage point increase in rates Purchasing power based on individuals' mortgage, their principal interest taxes insurance and HOA dues, uh, t- their purchasing power there, for all that together, tends to go down about 10 percent. So it made sense that when we saw this 1.2 percent skyrocket in rates, that real estate prices lost instantly about 12 percent. So active listings had their deals canceled. Active listings had to quickly reduce their prices. Uh, and so we saw uh, some drama in the real estate market. Uh, and a lot of this unfolded really between May and September of 2018. And every area reacted differently. But uh, as as an active real estate broker at the time, this was a very difficult summer. Uh, flips were difficult to sell. Uh, it was very difficult to sell anything at what previous properties were selling for because people just couldn't afford it anymore. Uh, but again, we still ended the year up 3%. So the question now is, Uh, What kind of headwind could we potentially face and how is that going to affect real estate for all of 2022? So what's wild here is this was a move from 3.8 to 5% in 2018. But look at the move we have right now, this delta right here. That's this line right here, this difference. This line right here is a change of not 1.2%. It's actually a change in rates potentially of 2.2%. We've already had the jump from 2.8 to almost four. So we've almost had this 1.2% bump in the span of six weeks. If we go to a 3% treasury over the next two months as the Federal Reserve starts hiking rates and maybe potentially more rate hikes get priced in, we don't know if we're gonna hit that 3% treasury. But if we hit a 3% treasury, that would be a 2.2% mortgage rate shock. Uh, And that could create a potential negative 22% headwind to real estate. And so now we got to come back up here and say, all right, in the short term, we might see a lot of buyer demand, but in the long term, we might see less buyers in the market. We combine less buyers with less supply, maybe those balance out, but do they balance out to the tune of negative 22% if rates went this high? Maybe rates, maybe we'll only have that negative, uh, that negative 12% uh, you know, effect to pricing uh, because interest rates end up staying stable at about 39 to 4% where they are now. That's possible. But if rates keep rising, which folks do expect that they will, this, this is the range of our potential real estate headwind. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that prices are going to end down 12 to 22% this year because look at 2018. In 2018, we had this 12% temporary shock. Uh, And then we still ended the year positive in real estate prices. So this does not necessarily mean real estate prices are going to fall. But this right here is a huge headwind to real estate. uh, And we will likely this year see a headwind of between negative 12 to negative 22% offset again by the fact that lumber is more expensive and we have less supply. uh, And fewer people are listing homes. So we've got some good news helping offset this, which is not such good news. But we've got some more problems. The fact that right now we have an inflation issue in our country and a wage price spiral that has started, which these issues could lead to a lot of fear, unfortunately, in in our economy in general. If we get fear and spending starts going down, it's likely that fearful folks will also not turn out to be home buyers, even with slightly higher rates. And if we start seeing buyer demand soften because folks fear that we are going to go into a recession, you could potentially see a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy here where people think we're going into a recession. They think, oh, maybe now's not a time to buy a house. You see less buyers. And then you actually see these price drops come to fruition. And where the real fear and panic comes is not from my video here. The real fear and panic comes from Tucker Carlson telling you home prices just went down 3% in one month. And that starts leading people to wonder, uh uh-oh, what's next? But I think that is only in the, I'm calling it the confluence of recession scenario. Right now, the economy is killing it. I mean, Q4 earnings for companies were amazing. People are spending money like crazy. They're traveling like crazy. Disney, Airbnb, they're killing it. Sure, there are some signs that things might be settling down and slowing down a little bit. But the economy is doing very, very well. The question is, will the economy continue to do well if— The federal reserve gets really, really aggressive against inflation. So bottom line out of all of this, you want to know the one thing to pay attention to in terms of what the real estate market's going to do. It's this right here, that word inflation. If inflation continues to soar, the fed has to get more aggressive. If the Fed has to get more aggressive, this 3% Treasury becomes more of a reality. And when we get to a 3% Treasury and a 5% over here, we have a, a higher likelihood of Tucker Carlson telling you the bad news about real estate prices and then potentially these numbers here becoming a reality. But these will only become a reality in the event that inflation ends up not being transitory. So if the Federal Reserve can get inflation down by playing the wait-and-see game, supply chains catch up, everybody chills out about inflation, okay, prices went up and we're good, then maybe things are okay. Because remember this about inflation, folks. If I sell you this pen for $10 today, and next year I sell you this pen for $11, then we had 10% inflation, right? This was 10% inflation. Well, if the year after that, I'm still selling the pen for $11, we actually had 0% inflation. So you really have to have increasing prices on top of increasing prices for this, real, this inflation to continue. The problem is right now, we, we are seeing this. So we'll see where things go. We're hoping inflation starts peaking maybe in February, uh, maybe in March, maybe in April. If we still have high inflation by then, these things are going to become an issue. Thanks so much for watching. Make sure to check out the programs linked down below, especially those on real estate, building your wealth. They come with course member live streams where you can ask me questions directly every single day. The market is open. I will gladly look at your real estate deals as well. And, folks, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks. Bye.